everyone. Welcome to the Rooms Networking Podcast. I'm Maddie Norris, the Senior Networking Consultant here at Hamilton Barnes. Today, I'd like to welcome a very special guest, Sia Muller, the Senior IT Security Specialist at DSB. Sia is an experienced IT security specialist with a demonstrated history of working in large international companies. I'm looking forward to hearing more about her story in the industry and a little bit more about what she does at DSP. Welcome, Sia. Thank, Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. So we'll kick it off. We'll take it all the way back to your school days, age 15, 16. You're starting to think about what you want to do with your life. Where was your head at at that point in time? Actually, it's a little bit fun because when I was a younger when I was a child, uh, I actually dreamed about becoming a, a journalist and writing articles uh, for newspapers and, and so on. So it wasn't really technology. So I think um, after um, yeah, graduating from, from high school, I have a social studies in German as major, so non-technology at all. Um, and uh, then I, I didn't get into the right university that I wanted. So I was like, okay, what to do ne- next? And all of my friends, they were moving to the, the capital city of Copenhagen. And I thought, okay, I'll just move there because all my friends are there. And uh, then I got a full-time job working at an ISP supporting small business customers with their internet and phone connection. And that was actually when I got into to the networking business and, and thought it was quite fun. And I've kind of been there ever since. Wow, so you literally just sort of fell into it. Did you have, you had no experience, no relevant knowledge. How did you you land your first job? I actually just went for an interview and yeah, I have been working, not working with computers, but but of course using computers and my my dad is in the industry as well. So I I knew a little bit about it, but it was very limited. So I just went to the interview and yeah, they liked my profile and, and then I got the job. So Wow, did you say your dad's in the industry? Yeah. What is it? What does he do? What did he? Uh, do? Uh, he's just um, retired uh, recently, but he's been working also with uh, security, with uh, infrastructure, so storage, networking, and, and everything. So he's uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So he, you wouldn't say he was like your inspiration then? Yeah. I wouldn't. You mean perhaps a little bit, but um, <laughs> he's definitely been able to to help me out. Um, yeah, through. Um, the studies and, and throughout the, the education and, and everything. So um nice. that's been a great help. And did so was that role like an entry entry level type of role or do you think it was just the job requirements were sort of different back then in terms of skills? And the, the first job I got was definitely entry level. So they didn't require any technical background. They gave you the training that you needed in order to to do it. It was first level support. So oh, okay. so you got some training and then yeah you learn from there. Nice. And how how long were you in that position for? I think it was uh, one and a half year because um, a year after I started that job, I actually also started studying as an IT engineer and, and then I had it um, part time yeah, the, alongside the, the studies. And then I, I got a more interesting job because one of my friends uh, quit his job um, in another ISP that was more technical and, and then I got his job and, and yeah, worked from there. So you, so you started studying alongside working to become an IT specialist was that like at a university or was it just a course? Well it's it's not the university but it's a two-year higher education in Denmark that they have where you learn about both um, IT infrastructure service network and also electronics so it's kind of a combined study. Perfect do you think that that gave you good leverage in terms of sort of skills and knowledge? It gave me, so to say, the, the basics, but actually working with the field um, besides it, you, you had all the, the theoretical stuff um, 
in school and then going to work actually using it, it gave me quite a lot. I would say I actually think sometimes I learned more doing it um, hands on rather than reading about it. Yeah, I think the best way to learn is on the job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in all cases. Um, nice. So then you so you went to, to another ISP. Yeah. Um, and did you at that stage, obviously you're in security now, at that stage, you know, were you were you sort of looking to stay within the ISP space? Did you have an idea of the sort of direction you wanted to go in? At least I, I stayed for, for some years. So the first in, in 2014, I, uh, I started at DSV. So uh, I was, uh, yeah, working with ISPs for around uh, six years. Did you, how did your, your role sort of vary within the space? Mainly actually working in network operations centers, so monitoring and troubleshooting on um, internet connections for, for business customers. Um, and also, um, yeah, we also had some data centers, so managing data centers, access, monitoring, temperature and, and different um, stuff like that. It's all within sort of support. OK, cool. And um, how about just touching on the sort of the, you know, the women in tech aspects? What was the landscape like at that stage? Were, they, were you working with many other women? Uh, not at all. <laughs> so oh. it was, uh, yeah, we, we weren't almost any uh, women at all. I think um, I knew two or three at that point in time. Um, at least when I advanced from first level support, there were more women. And then when we went to second, third level support, we were almost none. Also um, in my class at, at the, um, yeah, the, the education, I was the only woman there so wow <laughs> seriously outnumbered yeah did, did that ever put you off or were you sort of deterred by that at all I would say to to some extent in, in the beginning yeah it was a, a little bit um odd but but else uh, actually I liked the uh, quickly learned to, to like the culture and and the uh, yeah I think working with guys is they're kind of very frank they're very open they're very precise about okay this is this and this and then I like that culture so so I think I adapted to it quite fast yeah I think I when I started here I was the only girl <laughs> and I I said the same thing I just think with with men you know they could be so much more just sort of straight up and forward as a, compared to women sometimes so yeah I <laughs> I see where you're coming from with that so then you were you went from network support sorry did you go straight to DSV after that yeah, I work with various ISPs in the network operations center, and then I joined DSV, so in an internal network department, and that was quite a huge change from when I came from. Basically, also moving from the provider to the customer side was was quite fun because then you actually got to call your old colleagues saying something's not working, and <laughs> you're on the other end of it. <laughs> so it was quite interesting because we were in a big transition moving away from a lot of uh, providers to new providers on MPLS connections. So I got the opportunity to, well, I got uh, the opportunity to reconfigure a lot of uh, connections and, and configure them from, from scratch. And it was, um, yeah, I, I learned quite a lot in that phase because I haven't been doing that much in the support role I had earlier. Um, of course, there was also a lot of troubleshooting and, and I think operations and, and troubleshooting is, is what uh, I really like. So that so was also uh, very nice. But it was a, a big shift actually going from the provider to the customer side, I think. Mm. How, did, how did you actually get that job? Um, I applied for a job and then I um, knew that one of my former managers and one of the ISPs actually was the manager in, in that company. So uh, I gave him a call, asked him if they were looking for, for people. And, and then I, I got the interview. Um, 
he couldn't uh, give me the job alone. I needed to go through a lot of steps, so so it was completely uh, a clean process. But but of course, it always helps to to have someone who knows you can vouch for that you yeah is able to to get the job done. Oh, that was yeah. It's, it always helps to know someone. It's not yeah. it's it's about who you know, not what you know. <laughs> oh no, that's so. The, okay, and you obviously, how did this sort of role, other than being on the other side, how did the, it differ from the sort of ISP space? What you know, what attracted you to that role? I think mainly to to try something else. Um, I've been working, uh, yeah, supporting customers and ISPs for for six years at that point in time. So I thought, okay, it was a good opportunity to to try to to do something um, other than that, and and also being in a, a large enterprise company working with in a global environment was uh, really really interesting. Um, I never worked with that many cultures and and countries before. Um, DSV. It's a, a large company worldwide, so I think we have um, offices in around 90 or 95 countries at the moment. So, so it, it is really fun to one day talk with a person from uh, the US and then just an hour after then having a conversation with guys of Africa or, or one in China. It's it's really yeah. global and, and I think that that was uh, one of the things that caught my interest. What are you actually doing on a, or what were you doing on a sort of day to day then? Well, back then I would say it was um, mainly, of course, uh, changing these connections to new providers, having service windows, um, supporting connections that, that weren't working. We had a network operation center, so we had a first level support and then I was then providing second level support. And then I also eventually started doing a lot of um, firewall, uh, firewall rule implementations and also um, a little bit cleanup, you know, it's always easier to deploy something than actually cleaning it up afterwards. And did you did you just learn everything sort of on the job again or did you do any sort of studying alongside it this time? I started studying some of the Cisco certifications and I didn't really get that far because it was um, yeah after hours so often when I got from work I was a little bit tired and, and I wasn't that motivated but when I started working with um, yeah, with the firewalling and actually the, the security space um, I think that encouraged me also to to take some certifications so I um, my company paid some some training both for the CEH and the CISSP so, so that was really awesome and also a really good help for me to get into the security space what do you know do you think you sort of fell into the security space or did you was that always something you sort of had in mind to you know pursue as opposed to cloud or everything else i think it was um i think when i started working with it i actually thought okay this is quite fun and i'm quite good at it and besides the technical matters in the security area there's also the whole communication and stakeholder management and, and i'm also quite good at that part so i actually just thought okay this seems like something I'm really good at, so I, I pursued it, yeah, that way. This is just one thing like I've observed, and obviously I I work within the UK market for ISPs, but obviously we speak to sort of other you know enterprise network engineers, etc. But I think the security space within networking is is like especially heavily male dominated. Is that the same? Is that the same there? Yes, definitely. Was there any other females at your company within with sorry within this your not when I started with the security in, in DSV at least, but but we have hired some um, some females uh, after that. Um, I would say in the network space uh, there were a few females also, but I think that's also due to the the global presence. So um, there is a, so to say a larger um, 
base of recruitment. Nice. How, how have you progressed whilst being at DSV? Yeah, besides uh, I just had one year where I was at another company and then came back. I've been from there from 2014 and then until now, actually. So um, I started um, again as a network engineer, worked with uh, in the network departments for, for some years. And, and then in the network department, I worked more and more with the security area, both on yeah, firewalling, next gen firewalls and, and implementations. And then I um, yeah, went away for a year where I worked in one of the largest banks here in Denmark. They had um, in their security department, I worked as an IT risk analyst, uh, which is, I would say, a little bit more paperwork than technical. And I kind of missed working with, with the technical stuff. So when DSV offered me a, a job to get back in their security operations center, working full time with security, but but also um, or still yeah, some technical areas, I, I accepted that. Yeah, of course. What's your like? What's your favorite firewall? Are you? <laughs> uh, well, actually, I would say that I. Um, it, it depends on on the purpose, of course. But uh, sometimes I actually just miss the basic old Cisco ASA firewall because it's just <laughs> so simple to work with and so easy to configure and also to some extent to to get an overview. Um, yeah. But I definitely like the features. Um, that yeah, how firewalls actually have evolved to so the whole next gen layer is um, so to say helping us quite a lot more in, in the world we are in now because just the normal port uh, firewalling and, and blocking, it's hel helpful to some extent, but it's not uh, fully doing the job anymore. Sorry, Sarah, I didn't even think about that. Silly <laughs> <Sorry>. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so obviously you're some. Sorry, so since you're coming back to you know DSV, what have you been up to? Um, on a daily basis, uh, what I, I do is that I perform second and, and third level support to our incident response team. So when we have something that's a little bit more complicated and in cases that needs to be investigated a little bit deeper, I work together with my colleagues there. Um, and then besides that, I also um, do a lot of uh, vulnerability management. So. Um, spend a whole lot of time reading about new vulnerabilities, trying to see how we affected. Um, and you know, a lot of um, that is actually knowing the IT landscape that you have. So spending time following up on how is the whole IT landscape in DSV actually evolving? What technologies are we using? Uh, or have we started using new technologies that could be vulnerable? Um, that's uh, that kind of stuff. Nice. And do you, are you allowed to sort of is part of your job sort of? research is it quite research heavy or are you hands-on um i would actually say that, that it, it requires some research because one thing is that you can read there is a, there is a vulnerability but actually looking into what specifically what versions are affected and how they are affected are there any workarounds that can be applied or do you need to patch and that requires often um quite some research uh, in order to to find out what the best way to mitigate is you. And um, so how do you balance being a mother with your, your career? Um, that's a good question and uh, I, it's also something that I need to, to figure out when I get back from uh, maternity leave, but I'm pretty confident that it's uh, it's going to be just fine. Um, DSV is a, is a very good company um, and very flexible, so sometimes if I need to leave a little bit early to, to pick up uh, the small one, then I can catch up the hours a little bit later so it's not that I really need to stay in the office from eight to to four every day or uh, statically so um, so I think that that's going to be just fine. 
So with just in terms of sort of recruiting within the space, usually if someone I'm not talking, obviously it doesn't apply to sort of maternity leave, but, you know, to employers, they they will see having, you know, say someone has two years out or a year out, they always see it as a bit of a sort of red flag. Do you think it's, you know, really within the space, do you think it's easy to sort of pick up where you left off? At least from my point of view, I have a manager who's really good at actually keeping me up to date. So, so I've been getting news updates um, regularly while being away. So so I feel that pretty confident that I'm pretty much up to, space, um, up to date when I, I come back. But I, I must admit that, that earlier, um, I think in, in my yeah, mid-20s, um, I actually couldn't imagine how it would be to be away for almost a year from the job. And I was actually quite concerned. So if I went away, would there be something for me when I come back? Would uh, my, all my uh, tasks have been handed out to others or, or how would that be? But uh, I've, I've been really surprised to see that uh, that it actually doesn't change that much being yeah. away. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the workload is uh, sufficiently enough that there is always work to, to come back to. Yeah, and I think because because there's you know there's constantly something new to learn and the the industry is constantly evolving there is that thing of you know how do you keep up like have, have you been doing anything sort of alongside obviously I know you're on maternity leave but do you, have you been do you feel like you need to do anything to sort of you know keep yourself up to speed yeah I think uh, no matter whether you're on leave or not you always need to to do that there is a big shift going on right now I would say so um, earlier on um the, the large shift was going to virtualization. I think now the large shift we're seeing is, is towards both the uh, cloud workloads and also um, yeah, container-based uh, workloads. So I think for, for all of us, both working with network and also security, there is a, a new learning gap that we just need to, to look into because that is going to be the future and, and we need to, yeah, to catch up on that. What do you think is the you know the best way to do that? Do you think it's through doing a certification or research or you know implementing it in in the job itself? Actually, I would say that um, having a, a lab environment at, at work uh, where you're able to do something hands-on, you can go take the certification. It often would be really theoretical, but if you have the opportunity to get a lab environment where you can actually try to deploy, do it hands-on, work with it, uh, that's uh, definitely the, the best way to, to learn. Um, and then, of course, yeah, um, looking at uh, what um, the vendors are, are providing of, of supporting material, but also YouTube is, is a great channel to uh, yeah, find people who explain all the new technologies in a very simple and, and good way. Mm. And off the back of that, what do you think, you know, what do you, or what do you believe are the, the sort of best skills for success in the industry? Um, I would say be curious and uh, not afraid to, to learn something new because, yeah, as what you said, the, the industry is evolving quite fast. So, uh, And also, um, I'm not sure whether actually that's a, a female thing or, or if it's just a, a few of us, but, but sometimes I can feel it's, it's a very overwhelming starting up something new. Um, so, you know, having some confidence in that even though it's new, you can overcome it you can learn it uh, I think that's that's really important or at least try to um, because also it can get really get really tough if you say to yourself oh I'm not sure that I'm ever going to learn this but I, at least I have to try yeah that's the half of it is just believing <laughs> that you can do it exactly nice so in sort of going forward then how can you imagine the industry I know you've just you've touched on it but how can you imagine the industry will evolve as technology develops I think that um, I Again, the, the kind of jobs that we are 
seeing disappearing right now are, are the very, so to say, static. You know, when I started working with networking, a lot of it was actually connecting with the cable to the router switch and the one to uh, configure and then upload the, the configuration uh, via serial connection. And, and I think that's uh, the, the only time you actually do that right now if something has gone really wrong and nothing is responding at all. So you go there physically and, and try to connect. But uh, what we're seeing right now is, is of course, automation and, and scripting. So I think that uh, for people who are starting in the industry right now, learning a scripting language in order to, and with the, the goal of doing automation is, uh, is key. And, yeah. and that's also what I see in a lot of job ads right now. That, that, that is what, um, yeah, what is expected. That is what everyone's looking for at the moment. Any network engineers I speak to, they're like, I want a job, you know, where I can do automation, I can do scripting. <laughs> like, oh, not every job has that. Um, is there, have you got any automation or scripting? Or is that something um, not yet. Uh, I know that that's on my bucket list, so to say, to, to learn. Yeah. Are you, do you think you'll just sort of teach yourself or do it alongside? Um, yeah, and, and then uh, looking um, at are there any courses? Um, actually, I do quite a lot of hack the box um, and try hack me. That's not scripting, but but it's more sort of say security where you try to hands on do um, try to exploit the server and exploit um, known vulnerabilities and and doing recover and everything. So uh, I think that there are many good learning environments out there to get started with either scripting or, or whatever you want to learn. And can you can you imagine? Well, has it since you know? since you've sort of been in the space the last however many years have you have you seen the sort of landscape change have you seen an increase in sort of women working within the space um i would say yes i've seen a, a small increase it's not been sort of say a, a rapid increase or, or anything but uh, i was actually surprised to, to see the other day that here in, in denmark um, the number of female students starting on technical educations have um, increased this year um, again this year so um that's uh, definitely a, a good thing. So I think we, we are seeing a, a development. It's just going very slowly. Very slowly, yeah. Do you do, you do anything personally to, to sort of encourage or, you know, get, even get the word out to, to people about this? Basically? I just think it's sometimes it's just a case of, you know, not knowing or not having awareness of the industry. Yeah, and, and I actually think that that's also a very important point in how do we actually get more women into um into the industry because one thing is that we can what we can do in the the companies we're in but i think um, at that point in time when doing employment is this might be a little bit too late to start at least so i think we need to go back to um, primary school talking with our politicians saying okay we actually need uh, to have um yeah um, coding and also um, computer science integrated as a part of the educations from a very early stage I know there have been some trials in Denmark, but it's not implemented yet that it's mandatory. And, and I think that's really important. Yeah, it's the same here. And I think, yeah, I think that's where they're missing a trick, really. Yeah. And then I would say um, what companies can do and, and what I think would be a good path is to say when you have female students and these technical educations and they might, like me, be the only one in the classroom, mm -hmm. then the companies could perhaps create some mentoring programs or something where they have women in tech mentoring these um, yeah. females alone in the classroom um, and try to get through their education. So, Is that something you'd be open to doing yourself? Uh, I haven't um, 
done it so far, but but that could definitely be um, be an option. Yes. Do you think, sort of looking back, you would have done anything differently, or is there any advice you would have given to yourself that you know, you know, when you were just initially starting a career? Um, yeah, I think um, I think the most important for advice that I could have been given was uh, that everything doesn't need to be perfect. Um, it is an industry developing really fast. Uh, the companies are very busy, so it's okay sometimes that you deliver something that is 80% because that's actually okay. So yeah, try to, to lower the expectations a little bit about what you deliver because you can't deliver 100% all the time. Nice. And is there any advice you'd give to, to women who are actually considering a career in the space? I think something like go for it. It's, it's actually quite fun. <laughs> Would be a good advice. Well, yeah, that, that's, that finishes our, our episode today. Um, we're just going to go to the quick fire round now. So well, can I add a, a few points related to uh, getting more women in the industry? Um, because the one topic that, that um, I, I read this in, or, yeah, I read this study from PVC in, in the UK the other day where they actually mentioned that only um, they asked the participants in the study how many could name a female who inspired them to be in the, the tech or science uh, field and only 22% were able to to name a, a role, female role model for them and I think that that was quite stunning because if you don't have these female role models in the industry how do you as a little girl then dream of becoming something I think that, that often when we um, look at a field where we want to to go to it's because we know someone or have seen someone who actually done it before us yeah so yeah. having um and i don't know how we can uh, of course the post this podcast is, is a great way but it's really important that we promote these female role models um who actually done um and achieved something in, in the tech industry yeah no of course i think it's just yeah if you if you haven't sometimes if you haven't seen it done by someone you know obviously someone the same as you in one way or another it is hard to ever see it being achievable so yeah no 100 percent yeah thank you so now we will we'll go to our, our quick fire round I'm just gonna fire a few quick questions at you um when you think of success who springs to mind it's um theresa payton who is the former ceo of the white house and um she is the ceo of uh, her own cybersecurity company right now oh wow yeah um Best piece of advice you've ever been given? Never put yourself in a position where you're not able to ask for help. That's actually been useful for me many times. Yeah, I'm on board with that. What career did you dream of having as a kid? Like, we touched that, uh, journalism. Journalism. What was your first computer? It was actually an old IBM. I can't remember the exact model, but um, my dad set it up so we can uh, play computer games and in DOS uh, back in the days so in mid nineties or something. And what is your favorite thing to do at work? Um, troubleshooting and, and debugging. And besides that, I would actually say drinking coffee. So just take around, talk with your colleagues. Sometimes that's the best uh, way to um, yeah, um, prevent any other uh, troubles uh, occurring because you actually got to, to talk with people. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, thank you so much. It's been really interesting to hear about your journey. Okay, you're welcome. And thank you for letting me participate. That was really nice.